Welcome back to the Dolls Gang Podcast. It is March Madness time. It's NCAA tournament time. And now people often tell me, you know, I know a lot about sports, and I said it in my very first episode. There's a bunch of different people that know a bunch of different things. Now, you know, there's people that know a lot about NFL and kind of cover that from all different perspectives, NBA, college football. Well, we have a guest on here that is that eats, sleeps, and drinks college basketball, just like a guy I know and follow on Twitter. Please welcome to the show, Coulter Olmstead. Coulter, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. That was a, that was a, a great info, uh, intro. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a fun, fun last couple weeks of the, of the season. I'm so excited for, for the games to start on Thursday. Good, good. Uh, now, of course, as long as I could remember, um, you know, you've you've had, um, you know, Sports Illustrated, you know, ESPN Magazine, you know, as long as I've known, you've kind of followed that, followed college basketball. So, first, to start off, just kind of tell the audience, how long, probably from a young age, how long have you followed college basketball? Or watch college basketball. Uh, I'd probably say the the first season um, that I really really started watching was like the o two o three season that uh, where Syracuse won um, with the mellow run. Um, but I started watching UConn play, and they were in the Big East back back in the day when the Big East was like sixteen teams. And um, the the first game that I could really remember is, is Syracuse uh, beating UConn. And uh, I was that was kind of the first team that I started watching was UConn, so I've been a fan of them ever since, and um, just got me hooked. And and I look forward to March Madness uh, every year since. And uh, I'm a big UConn Husky fan. We've we've had some good times and some bad times, but uh, looks like the train is is pointing up again. Um, think that they're one of the teams that are, are legit contenders this year. Yeah, and you brought up Syracuse. Obviously, Syracuse isn't in this, but um, you know, Jim Boheim announces his retirement. It seems like all the great ones as of recent, Shashevsky and Boheim, we're, we're, we're really coming to the end of an era in that respect. Yeah, and even, you know, Jay Wright at Villanova um, retired last year, so it's really, you know, a, a, an awesome time in that retrospect as well, seeing, um, you know, all these new coaches take over. Or, you know, I think John Shire had a had an interesting season, uh, had a great talent, you know, recruiting class, and it took him a little while to get them all, all uh, on the same page, but they're playing as good as any team right now. Um, Duke, is, Duke is definitely a... a a team that could make a good run. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, how about Gonzaga? That's something I had written down. Um, in Drew Timmy's senior year, is, is that a year in which Gonzaga? Now they're a three seed. They're not a one seed as they've been in the past. Can they get as far as they have have in recent seasons? You know, they have a interesting that that West bracket is probably the toughest bracket in my opinion. Um, they have a potential second week or second game matchup versus you know TCU, Arizona State, or Nevada, and I think all three of those teams match up well versus Gonzaga. Their off 
offense is as good as it's been in the last few years, but their defensive side of the ball is, is not really uh, up to where it has been. You know, with Chet Holmgren and uh, the year before Jalen Suggs, uh, they just don't really have a great defense, so they're, they're just trying to outscore you at this point. Um, that being said, that the way they uh, just, like, totally obliterate St. Mary's uh, offense in the um, conference tournament championship uh, the other night um, goes to show that they're at least trying some new things. Uh, Mark Fuse, uh not really known for a defensive coach, but um, they they have a good lie. You know, UCLA had had uh, Jalen Clark get injured as well. So you know, if there's a couple upsets on that side of the bracket, they could definitely keep that Sweet 16 streak alive. I think they've made eight in a row. Yeah, that's definitely a big streak. Now, um, and we talk about certain teams. Um, obviously, you mentioned Duke. They can make a big run now. A couple of years ago was their first time missing the NCAA tournament and Coach K's second to last year. Now, you look at their arch rival, North Carolina, whom the, the Blue Devils swept during the regular season. You have them and Ohio State, which is a usually makes it as far as the Sweet 16 more often than not. Um, North Carolina and Ohio State both missed the NCAA tournament. You know, what are your thoughts on that? And are, were there any other teams that you were surprised to, to be in the tournament or to see that we're not in the tournament? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, is it Chris, Chris Holtman is the, is the coach at Ohio State, right? Yeah. Um, him and, and uh, remember, or, uh, North Carolina both had, had down years. Um, after I think, well, I know UNC was ranked number one. I think Ohio State was from preseason ranked as well. But um, that's all based on on uh, hypotheticals. So if you don't execute, a couple of both those teams had some injuries and and didn't have um, you know freshman impact transfer impact as as much as they maybe thought they were going to get. Um, and yeah, you know, every year is a new year. I think that teams, let's see, I think the seeding this year was really interesting. I thought that um, maybe some teams that didn't make the tournament that, that you know, I thought Rutgers had a, had a had a decent chance in Clemson at the way they ended the season. They played well, but um, I think that the, most of the teams that got in deserved it, but the seeding is really interesting to me. Uh, a team like Texas A&M, they were second in the SEC and uh, made it back to the, you know made it to the conference championship game, and they got a seven seed. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. But then, um, you know, teams like you know Maryland, who kind of ended the season on a on a low you know losing streak and stuff like that, they got ended up with an eight. So that eight seed, weird, wow! I think it's going to create some good. Uh, good even games later in the tournament for sure there's going to be some awesome first first round matchups too obviously now in the NCAA tournament um you know some teams obviously are going to do better than others you know you know more specifically you know the 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 leagues that get multiple bids you know obviously you know you have the power five conferences I guess there's really six that are in college basketball and then you have the mid-majors that can take two three or four teams and then you have 
you know, some mid-majors don't have haven't had a lot of tournament success. The Mountain West, for example, and I'll get to that here in a second. But um, you know, I'll go to a one-bid league and you know to a team we really grew up watching, Montana State. Now they're they're in their second NCAA tournament under the leadership of Danny Sprinkle, who you have said you grew up watching, you grew up following. Yeah. Um. You know, how have they been able to do do that? And it's, yeah, it's kind of evident that. Now, obviously, in the Brian Fish days, Brad Hughes days, you know, even when when Tyler Hall, the all-time leading scorer, was playing for him, you had guys like that. And But really, when Danny Sprinkle came along, is kind of really when that team started to come together and do as well as it has. Yeah, they, you know, first time they made it back-to-back uh, conference um, or March Madness bids. It, it, it's not just uh, only in Montana State history, but Big Sky history. There's never been a back-to-back um, team making it two years in a row. So it shows that uh, Danny Sprinkle has gotten gotten some good recruits and and uh, really transferred. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed, you know, compared to the few years before, is they they have a lot more depth. Um, they they have you know six, seven, eight guys. Um, they got like a legit bench rotation that they can count on um, with Osabar and uh, um, Robert Ford the fourth or Robert Ford the third um, that backup guard. So like they got they got depth at, at all positions. Um, they're a little weak on the wing, um, but they they can match up with anyone, which is which I think is a huge thing that they weren't able to do in the past. Do, do I think that they have a chance at an upset in Kansas State? Um, I think that's a pretty rough matchup for them uh, with Keontae Johnson. I think that their wing wing play is uh, not great, but if it, it ends up being a close game, Montana State is really good at shooting free throws and getting to the free throw line. Um, I think they're top 20 in the nation in that, so... Um, I think that if it ends up being a close game, free throws could be a big issue, uh, a big issue for Kansas State and a big play for Montana State. Yeah. Now, um, you brought up earlier that the Cats are the only team in Big Sky history to make two consecutive NCAA tournaments. Now, I'm surprised. I knew the Grizzlies made it quite a few times. Right. They're a team. I'm surprised that never did it. I mean, even though they made it quite a lot of the time. Yeah, and um, especially in the in the you know mid to late two thousands, they had it seemed like they were making it almost every year. But um, it, I guess I I just learned that last week when during the conference tournament championships, they they kept saying that. So um, a very interesting stat for sure. Oh yeah, and obviously mid two thousands one that kind of gets overlooked, which I would imagine is their last tournament win was like two thousand six when they upset Nevada in the first round of the NCAA tournament, led by a young man named Kevin Criswell from Colstrip, Montana. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Eastern A product. Now, speaking of Nevada, you know, they had success then. They had success in in 2018. Or 19 was their last tournament, obviously. And, and now this is their first under head coach, Steve Alford. They made it a couple times under Eric Musselman, which 18 is arguably the best team Nevada's ever had. But... 20, 2023 right here, right now, Steve Alford's first time. Now, this is his fourth different team he's taken to the NCAA tournament. Um, and now they beat 
two ranks teams, so that might have been what propelled them over the top. But um, they did lose some games down the stretch where people thought they weren't going to make it at all. But now they got they got a first four game, you know, and they play Arizona State. Um, did they do they have any business being in the tournament? And if so. Will they be able to pull out a win here against Arizona State against the likes of Desmond Cambridge, who was who played for the team last year? Yeah, it's actually one of my one of the games I'm looking forward to in the first round. Probably you know top ten most uh, excited for a game, and I'm glad it's like by itself tomorrow in the playing game. Um, I thought Arizona State ended the season really well, beating Arizona, and then. Uh, up until they played Arizona again in the Pac-12, um, they they knocked off I think uh, USC. So um, they're playing hot right now, whereas Nevada's kind of the opposite. And I they lost to UNLV and I think was it Wyoming to end the season. Yeah, that and they lost a crucial game to Utah State, in which Will Baker yeah. scored the first 22 points for the Pack, and then they just went cold after that really bad second half. Yeah, so um, they're kind of trending in the opposite direction, but I think that Nevada's uh, work as a season as a whole was was uh, pretty strong, um, and I think maybe that's what the the um, tournament selection committee probably took into account. Um, it's not you know your final five games; it's the whole season, um, and everyone goes in a bad stretch. So hopefully they can get out of it and. and you know, battle with ASU. I think either of those teams match up pretty decently versus TCU. So, you know, if you win a game, you get hot, you could, you know, carry that. We've seen seen that happen a couple of times with, you know, BCU made it all the way to the Final Four from the playing game um, at one point as a 12 seed. So um, anything's possible for you. You get, you get one win under your belt, you get that confidence, and, and it can carry you. Oh, yeah, definitely. And these goes to show, you know, the VCU situation and all these upsets we see every year just goes to show it's 0-0 at the NCAA tournament. Um, now, and and even so, I mean, th- which brings me to my next point. I think I'd have to look at, like, I saw a stat yesterday where, like, the last eight national champions or seven of the last eight, six of the last eight, something like that, the last four, I don't know what it was, but a certain number of teams that won the national championship did not win their conference tournament. Um, and I am sure Kansas was in that position last year. They might have been. But um, now Texas got the better of them in the Big 12 championship. Um, now I haven't exactly taken a look at the bracket yet, but um, how far can Kansas go? Um, and yeah, how, how far can and Texas beat them? How far can they go as well? Um, both teams coming out of the Big 12? Yeah, I think um, both of those two teams are, are title contenders. Um, Kansas was playing for the number one overall seed, and I, I think because of how bad they lost, they, they lost the overall one seed. But I was kind of um, a little surprised they slept, uh, slipped all the way to the three third number one seed. Um, oh, they're still a one seed. Right, still a one seed, but they they had significantly more quad one wins than any other team in the whole country. But uh, needless to say, they're, they're still a title contender. They didn't have uh, Bill Self coaching for them in the tournament. He was sick. Um, so I, I'm not taking too much on that. 
Um, they do have, if you look at the, you know, the Midwest region where Texas is, they do have a little better of a, of a play, you know, if they can get past Texas A&M or Penn State um, and Colgate, those three are probably, you know, the toughest teams they'll face until the Elite Eight. Uh, honestly, when you get Houston or, or potentially Miami, um, I don't really see Indiana getting past either Drake or Miami, to be honest. And um, So Texas has a little better of a lie, whereas Kansas has to, you know, potentially second round go through Arkansas or Illinois, um, who both match up well versus Kansas, and then potentially down the road, you got UConn, Gonzaga, UCLA in there too. So uh, their their road's going to battle test them for sure. Um, but, you know, I think Kansas has, has a good edge being a lot of those guys won the national title last year too. So um, that that came back. So that, that helps a lot when you get in these big conference tournaments. Oh, yeah. Um, and another team, you know, we'll go over to the SEC. Um, Alabama, uh, the football school. I don't know if they got a – they may have got a high C last year. They might not have. But now they're a number one seed, and now they play Texas A&M Corpus Christi, which just won their playing game. Alabama, now they – I'm not going to bring their – team problems up here. I know they, they've had some problems and stuff. You know, it's been getting talked about, but um, as a one seed, they this may be the most dangerous Alabama team yet. How far can they go? I mean, they're the number one overall seed. Overall seed, seed. okay. Yeah. Um, they're, the, they're the projected one one in the tournament. Um, I'm a huge fan of NATO. So I've, I've been since he was back at Buffalo um, when they had that run a couple years ago and he's done awesome at, uh, at Alabama they, they play great defense they shoot a lot of threes they get out and run the fast break and they rebound really well um, I, I see they have a you know I think they got probably the best lie to get to the final four um, out of any you know, any of the one seats uh I think the only two real teams that match up can match up any sort of way with them is uh, Arizona. The size I think can negate their rebounding, but I don't. I don't think that Arizona can run with Alabama. Um, but Creighton is another team that I think can can defensively hold up. But deep, uh, they're not very deep, Creighton. Um, and so if any of their starting five. Uh, getting foul trouble, I think that helps Alabama. Alabama's got so much depth; they shoot the ball so well. They're they're up there for uh, I think strong people that, that can cut down the nets. Oh yeah. Um, now Alabama, you know, in the year 2006, I believe it was. It might have been the six-seven school year. Florida won the national title in football and basketball. What are the odds of that? We might. The way Nevada's or the way Alabama's basketball team's headed, who knows? We might see that here in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, now, um, so now I gotta ask. Um, so who who do you have winning it? So you've probably made a bracket by now. I still need to fill one out, but who do you have winning it and why? 
Yeah, so should we should we go through um, and have, like maybe give my final four teams? Is that? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, yeah. So so just sticking with that south south region. Um, I, I, like I said, I think Alabama's got a pretty easy lie. Um, I got them them making it out of the south bracket. Um, I think that in that Midwest bracket, as long as Marcus Sasser is healthy and good to go, Houston's going to be in pretty good shape. Um, the way they they move the ball and defense, and Kelvin Sampson's got them locked in. They're always a solid tournament team. Um, but I think that they they don't match up as well versus Texas. Um, and right now, I got Texas making it through that that round. Um, and then. Uh, a team that I hate to love, uh, Marquette in that East bracket. I think they're playing as good as any team I've watched in, in the country. Um, they just kind of ran through the Big East tournament, um, and they are fun to watch. They they really get out and, and pester pester the ball, um, get a lot of turnovers, and they can shoot. They have great guard play. Um, and so that that's who I got out the east, and then out of the west, I had to had to hope that that uh, the Huskies catch fire again, like they did early on in the year, and and take each game and match up well. And um, so my final four, I got Alabama, Marquette, Texas, and UConn, and uh, got Alabama, UConn in the in the title game for a little rematch out of the the Nike Classic. And I got the Huskies cutting down the nets. Oh, yeah, for the first time since 14, eh? Yeah, third, third time in the last decade. So. Yeah, you know, kind of has me wondering, you know, in the, like on the, on the women's side, that, it kind of has me wondering, like, when's UConn ever going to win it again on the, on the women's side? Because they've had some good teams, but they, they just, they're, they're, not, they're not close to the level that they were at 2016 and prior. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And then, um, just to touch on the girls' bracket, I mean, what Don Staley's done at, at South Carolina is pretty incredible, too. They got a super good team. Um, I think they're going to have a good chance to cut the nets down again and go back-to-back. Back. Yeah, definitely. Now, first of all, pr- probably on the women's side, pro- really, if I had to guess, UConn's probably the last team to go back-to-back. Back. They won probably three or four in a row. Um but as I understand, on the men's side, I don't think we've had a back-to-back champion, if I recall correctly, since Duke did it, 91-92. Uh, we got, I think Florida did it. Did Florida do it? Seven, yeah, with Joe Kim Noah and Al Horford. Okay, I knew they won at least one. I guess they did go back-to-back. Oh. Yeah. But wow. But that's less. So it's been 15 years still. Oh, yeah. and But, yeah, it what a fun... Tournament we are promised to be. What what a fun tournament we are promised to watch, and it's what March is all about, right? It's the probably the best time of the sports year. It's, the, it's tournament time, really, for any sports fan. Doesn't matter the level of basketball. Tournament time in general is the most exciting time to be watching sports, and this man has all you covered but ladies and gentlemen you have been listening to college basketball insider Coulter Olmstead. Coulter thanks for coming on the show. Always happy to Zach thank you.